It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I follow the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. Working hard to bring you what's possible for your health, the Freighter and NCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. Ben Albright is going to be on the show a little bit later to talk about the Denver Broncos. I wanted to go a little bit more in-depth there because this is an uncommon opponent to steal the parlance of Mike McCarthy. And it is a team that I I just don't think, I mean, even me, I cover the NFL for a living and I was looking at the roster going, wait, who are some of these guys? So we're going to do a little bit deeper dive. Uh, what is going on with the defensive players there that are supposed to be superstars and not producing like that? We're going to get into a lot of that. Uh, but first, there was news, some rare uh, midweek in-season news. The Packers traded Trevor Davis for a sixth-round pick. And this is particularly surprising because Trevor Davis, number one, was their starting return man. And because in week one, when Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling temporarily were dealing with injuries, Trevor Davis was the first receiver off the bench. And then on Sunday against the Vikings, he got a little bit more limited snaps. Jake Kumaro played a little bit more, which is to say he played a little bit because he, I think he played one snap against Chicago. So this is an interesting move from the perspective of what Green Bay is going to do with their return man. Now, they also, and this was an under-the-radar move, the Packers signed Tremont Smith, who was the Chiefs kick returner last year uh, and, and was actually a very good kick returner last year. And I had this idea when he was signed. And I started looking at the depth chart, and I'm going, a cornerback? This doesn't really make sense. Why would they sign a cornerback? They have a ton of cornerbacks. And then I started to think, Well, they do, but what if they don't love Trevor Davis? What if he is 
nothing more than a return man. And if they can get someone who can do that, they feel comfortable moving on from Trevor Davis when they have Alan Lazard. And Darius Shepard just happens to show up on the injury report as practicing this week. Just happens to be on his way back. And now in retrospect, the Vikings non-play from Trevor Davis could have been more about the Packers saying, "Mm, I don't know if we're sold on this guy for us. Now, that's a lot of connecting of dots, but I think it's fair to, to think that you know, this is something that they were comfortable doing. It's a sixth-round pick. Obviously, they were comfortable enough to do it, but it, I think it does make you wonder if Darius Shepard doesn't injure that hamstring if Trevor Davis had been on the 53-man roster to open the season. Remember, Trevor Davis had a good close to his preseason, uh, was excellent against the Raiders, coincidentally where he is now going, and Shepard had a little bit tougher end to his preseason and then gets hurt. So I think it's fair to wonder if Shepard would have been on this team outright. And when you look at the kinds of receivers that are on this team, Shepard, like Davis in a lot of ways, is a different type of player. Now, I think that means we have to do some sort of digging into Tremont Smith. Tremont Smith is a former sixth-round pick, 2018 draft uh, 5'11", 190 out of Central Arkansas and can absolutely fly 4'3 speed. Uh, he was fourth in the NFL in kick returns in 2018 among qualifiers. So that that speaks to his returnability. Had a 97-yarder against New England in week six. And I wonder, given the lack of playmaking right now on offense for Green Bay, could there be a package for Traymond Smith just where, you know, he's out there, you get a jet sweep look, you put him in the backfield in that two running back look. I don't know. He played in training camp. The Chiefs put him at running back and experimented with him there. They were dealing with the running back issues following the release of Kareem Hunt, so they had a shortage of players there, and I think they were just like, look, he's a great kick returner. This is something that teams do often with kick returners who show that kind of talent they say we have to find a way to get this guy on the field we have to find a way to use him and so they look for ways to do that beyond special teams running back would be one of those ways I I do wonder if that is something Matt LaFleur will consider but it does answer the question with Davis gone who is going to be the kick returner it's not something that Traymond Smith has done as a punt returner as effectively and as often. So, you know, is that going to be left up to Jair Alexander? Is Darius Shepard going to be healthy enough this week to man those responsibilities? And do they feel comfortable with an undrafted free agent doing that? That is something we don't know. And that is something that ultimately we won't know until Sunday in all likelihood what the plan there is. This is just another instance of Brian Gutekind saying, if, if you are not doing what you need to do and you're not performing, the Packers will move on from you. They will try to extract value for you. Trevor Davis, a player that likely would not have gotten any sort of major contract in the offseason, is not someone who is likely in the long-term plans for the Packers as what is primarily a return man, so you get value for him. It makes sense. It makes sense to say, okay, Oakland wants this player. We'll take it. Uh, Clearly not someone that they felt like could help them significantly or you'd expect more value back. I mean, if they thought he could be a super useful player in this offense, you'd want more than a sixth-round pick. Uh, 
So I think that speaks to where they were with him. I think it speaks to how tenuous his roster spot was from the start. And that brings us back to that question about whether or not he would have made it had Darius Shepard been healthy. I think that's a, that's a question we'll find out very quickly once Shepard is healthy enough to be out there. Because if if it becomes the case that he's healthy and suddenly all of a sudden he's playing, pretty clearly they believed in him from the start. So this dovetails, this question dovetails with another roster move from Wednesday, and that is Keon Hatcher, also a Raiders receiver. Packers sort of swapped receivers here with the Raiders. Um, is coming back to Green Bay on the practice squad. He was actually on the practice squad uh, October to November before the Raiders signed him to their roster. Hatcher made the Raiders 53-man roster last year, but then was waived in week one, spent some time in Detroit, and so now he is back in Green Bay. Uh, it, this is practice squad stuff, not someone you expect to be on the field, especially with the depth that the Packers have at receiver. You know, Someone like Lazard is going to be on the field way before someone like Hatcher. But, you know, he's an interesting player, not the kind of athlete they're normally into, but they need to build up that depth again because once Shepard is healthy, he's going to be on the field. We're going to get to Ben in just a second, but before we do, I want to tell you about Mack Weldon because Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code Locked On. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, let's get to Ben. You can follow him on Twitter 
at Albright NFL, A-L-L, Albright NFL. Uh, you can hear him on KOA Colorado. I'm sure you can stream that, iHeartMedia. He is a plugged-in reporter, a really smart football person. If you don't follow him, he tweets about a lot more than just the Denver Broncos. So uh, certainly someone that if you care about the NFL and, and want to learn more about the game, Ben is a great guy to have in your Twitter timeline, and that's why he's a great guy to have on the show. Ben, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. So Denver got off to a little bit of an underwhelming start in week one. I think a lot of people assumed they would beat the Raiders, but the Raiders maybe a little bit better than we originally thought and then almost beat the Bears, probably should have beat the Bears. I want to start uh, with something that's going on with their defense because it hasn't been the defense we're used to seeing in Denver. Uh, Chubb and Von Miller have, have really not gotten going yet. What's going on with those two guys? Well, that might be the understatement of the century. Um, zero quarterback pressure, <laughs> zero sacks to start the season, uncharacteristic uh, of a Denver Broncos defense, especially one featuring a healthy Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Um, it, it, part of it is the philosophical shift. Last five, six, seven years, Denver Broncos have kind of run a variant of the Wade Phillips uh, defense, uh, which is predicated on sending as much of your front seven as you possibly can at the quarterback to generate pressure and putting your, uh, you know, your defenders out on an island. You might run a cover one, uh, but it's, it's generally cover one, cover zero. And then you get Vic Fangio, and Fangio likes to run umbrella zone, uh, mostly cover two, cover four kind of stuff. He likes to send philosophically the least amount of people he can send to actually get pressure on the quarterback. And so it's these guys are getting used to a different style here. And, you know, now you've got uh, Von Miller dropping into coverage more than I think that he should. Um, and, and, you know, they, they've got to figure that out. Uh, I, I think that uh, this defense, and, and as talented as guys like Bradley and Von are, they're not quite getting home. Um, defensive, offensive coordinators have figured out that uh, if you're going to beat Vic Fangio, you kind of got to dink and dunk him, get rid of the ball quick, and, and go from there. We saw the Raiders do that 2.21 seconds to get rid of the ball from Derek Carr. It's, that's blazing fast. And Trubisky wasn't that far behind it. So, you know, I, I think that uh, the Broncos need to adjust a little bit. Uh, offenses are taking advantage of the fact that defense kind of is still figuring everything out and you know they're trying to pick them apart with the dink and dunk stuff and i think that uh, they are happier uh, in the sense that they're going to get a quarterback that that holds the ball a little bit longer than aaron Rodgers, but uh they are unhappy with the fact that it is actually aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right so also on defense, you know, Chris Harris has got to be looking around like that Will Smith meme from from his no-fly zone days. A lot of those guys that, that made that defense so potent in the secondary, not around anymore, and, and it's shown. I mean, right now they're in the bottom 10 in, in defensive efficiency, defending the pass and overall. So, I mean, where where is this secondary right now, especially with Bryce Callahan dealing with that injury? Well, I think it's part of it. Callahan out has really put a strain on things. Yadam, a guy who uh, is probably a down roster corner, has really kind of had to step up into that uh, second corner role. Um, you know, overall, I think there's talent there, uh, specifically with the safeties. You've got Kareem Jackson and, and mm-hmm. Justin Simmons starting, and Simmons is a rangy athlete. If you watch that Bears tape at all, you can see him uh, recover, chase down three Cohen from behind and deflect a long pass. Uh, you see him chase mm-hmm. Cornell Patterson down from behind. Justin's uh, 
you know, a heck of an athlete. I think he's going to be, you know, once this thing clicks, I think he could be a star in this defense. Kareem Jackson's been around the league a while, savvy veteran, although, to be honest, you go back with tape against the Bears, that, that final play where Allen Robinson sprung free on the square end was Kareem's fault. Uh, he was supposed to be running the robber zone underneath, and, and he stayed on the wall in the cover three, and and, uh, and ultimately let Robinson get free into the field. Um, so that one was on him, but you know, I think I think these guys just need to keep working within the confines of this defense and, and, and kind of let the communication happen, let this thing come together. It can take weeks for a defense to kind of gel. Yeah, that's something that the Packers are dealing with right now with their offense, and, and I want to talk about that Denver offense because I am unceasingly amazed at Emmanuel Sanders, who tears his Achilles, you know, what, nine months ago, eight, ten months ago? And is back on the field looking not quite like old Emmanuel Sanders, but something close, right? Yeah, it really is kind of a kind of a medical marvel situation. Um, an injury that used to be a career ender is now something that you know guys are back from in half a year, apparently. Um, and, and to be yeah. fair, you know he doesn't look like he's lost anything off of it. Uh, he's still as explosive right. as ever. Uh, so you know uh, he, he there's a couple plays where it looks like he might be kind of testing that thing, but. You know, I've seen a couple of double moves from him that I'm like, wow. Um, you know, in my best day, I could never hope to accomplish 50% of that move, and uh, here this dude is doing it off of a, uh, you know, off of an ACL tear. So, you know, I, I think, um, I think it is kind of a medical marvel thing. He's really vital to this offense. They, they don't have a lot of a lot of speed on this offense at the receiver position. Um, you've got some big bodies, uh, Cortland Sutton, now Tim Patrick's obviously on the IR, Juan Winfrey. Uh, and you, you've got some guys who can work the soft spot in the zone out of the slot, and you know, and Deshaun Hamilton and River Craycraft, but <laughs> there's really not a lot of speed at the receiver position, and Emmanuel really is kind of that guy. Uh, so they need him healthy. They need him productive. Yeah, the, the running back situation is also interesting to me because Philip Lindsay has this breakout season last year, but but they have this draft capital invested in Royce Freeman, and it looks like they're they're splitting these carries. Uh, and that Freeman has has found a home so far in in his role. Uh, are you comfortable with the way that the, these running backs are splitting? Do you think they need to alter that at all? I mean, it seems like they've got a, a decent thing going here. Yeah, they they feel like it's best for the long term health of Philip Lindsay, who was a surprise. Uh, they were surprised by just how effective he was last year. <clears throat> Uh, I think that the way that they're doing things right now will help prolong the careers of both of them. Royce has kind of been the surprise this year. You know, after last year, he was kind of banged up, wasn't Mm -hmm. particularly effective. Uh, He's looked more effective this year than than Phillip has. Now, Phillip's had a couple of big plays called back due to penalties. But, um, you know, I I think that the idea here eventually, if they can get to a a setup where this offense is running gun two back and get both those guys back there in the backfield at the same time, they can start to give defensive spits. Pony personnel. It would be great for the Broncos to be running pony. All right, we're going to get back to Ben in just a second. But before we do, I want to talk to you about my bookie. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has the fastest payouts, the best lines, the most lines on prop bets I have ever seen, and they have a reputation that you can trust. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So go to mybookie.ag. 
www.ghostbusters.ag. Right now, they will double your first deposit bonus just for listening to this show. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code Locked On, and they will double your first deposit. Get the deposit bonus offer with the promo code Locked On at mybookie. You play, you win, you get paid. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right back to ben we had we we saw drew lock uh in the preseason and uh you know there were calls for quarterback changes in the offseason we have Joe Flacco now, and and Locke is hurt. It can't be the plan every week to have Flacco throw the ball 50 times, though, right? Well, ideally, no. Although, to be <laughs> fair, if you, you look at the analytics, Flacco's been a top third of the league quarterback in terms of efficacy yep. this year. Um, <clears throat> surprisingly so. I think he's found the offense that kind of works for him, at least late in his career. Um, I, I, you know, the plan can't be to do that. You want to make sure you get the ball in the hand of your backs, but they've had some injuries to those backs as well. Uh, Theo Riddick, who was supposed to be the, the kind of receiving third down back out of the backfield has been hurt. <clears throat> Phillip, uh, still trying to get back to hundred percent after the wrist injury and they don't want to ride Roy Spring until the wheels come off. Exactly. So, uh, you know, it's been, they've been throwing the ball a little more than, uh, than maybe they planned. And they use some of those, some of those swing passes, uh, an angle outside right of the backfield as an extension of the run game. Uh, you know, Drew Locke is the future of this team at quarterback. He's going to start throwing again, you know, next week. But Joe Flacco is probably the guy in the interim until Drew's ready to, ready to take over. And that'll be this season. I mean, Joe Flacco will be the quarterback this season. And then, you know, you kind of reevaluate, make it a real quarterback competition next year. Yeah, and, and I want to ask about Noah Fant because that is a player that, that Green Bay fans certainly had interest in pre-draft. Um, the Packers ultimately did draft a tight end, Jay Sternberger, in the third round. How has, how has Fant looked? Has he, has he done what they expected him to do? And, and what do you think he can be in this offense long term? Well, um, you know, he's a, I say this, but no, he's a very intelligent player, surprisingly intelligent, mm-hmm. like more, more so than you think when, when you start to talk to him. He's, um, you look at him out there in practice and you're, you're kind of shaking your head like, what are you doing? But he gets it. You know, after he makes a mistake, he kind of gets it. Um, so he's, he had some struggles in practice, had some struggles in camp. Uh, tight end is a position that tends to take a while to get going, you know, because you're learning two mm-hmm. positions at the NFL level. You're learning tackle and wide receiver, you know. Um, and so it took him a little while to kind of get going. They, they've been force-feeding him the targets, and, and he looks like a guy who's going to be uh, – um, a pretty big part of the game plan going forward, but you know, he's still a rookie, still makes mistakes. Um, he's a willing blocker, if not overly effective at it. Um, 
Right. You know, I think that uh, I think he could be a star in this league. Uh, you know, given uh, given enough patience, but I, I don't think he's really going to hit his prime for you know for another year. All right. So let's say you are a, a coach in the the Green Bay Packer meeting room this week, and it was your job to study the Broncos, and you're bringing in your proposal for how you attack this Denver team. If you're the Packers, where are you looking to take advantage of, whether it's offense or defense, with the Broncos? Well, you're, it's the pass rush. You, you want to pick on this offensive line. That's that's the weak point on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you got Garrett Bowles, who you know around the league is known as Garrett Holds, um, yep. and then over on the right side, Jawan James has been out. So you got Elijah Wilkinson over there now. Elijah's guy, I think, looks very good. They, they've got high hopes for him. Um, you know, he's, he's backed up Garrett at the left tackle, right tackle, backed up both guard positions. Um, he's, he's a smart young guy, and I think he's gonna, got a bright future ahead of him. But, uh, he's you know, he's still learning. Um, but I think that's what you do. I think you just overwhelm those tackles, bring pressure off the edge as much as you can. And, uh, you know, you try to – you don't give Joe Flacco time to let those plays develop. Bradley Murley and uh, and like the uh, the Raiders did in that first half of that game, and, and it'll be ineffective. Now, <clears throat> you give him time to set up, and – uh, he, he can get going on you. He can heat up. He looked good in the you know the second half of that Raiders game. Looked pretty good against Chicago. Two hundred ninety-two yards passing. Um, you know the key to Joe Flacco is just don't get the time, and that'd be the way we we would approach it. All right. So on the other side, you know, if you're Denver, what is their path to to victory right now on the road? Uh, in Lambeau Field against a, a two and zero Packers team that right now is you know so depending on where you look an, an eight ish point favorite in this game. How do they win? Well, you you, you got to get after the quarterback. You got to get home. Uh, Broncos team hasn't been able to get to the quarterback so far in two games. They haven't generated a turnover in two games. Um, you, you you have to get home. You got to get after the quarterback. Get him rattled. Get him off his spot and and hopefully force a turnover or two to give your offense extra chances. Um, that's, that's really the only way you're going to be able to do it. I, I think Vic is going to have to step outside his comfort zone uh, and send more than four at the quarterback in order to make that happen. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game. This is a game with scar tissue for, for Packer fans of a certain age uh, who remember, you know, 97 and, and what happened with John Elway and Brett Favre. And this is a game with two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. So, you know, I don't think anyone forgets that Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, but you know, I think when we talk about Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, he's not a name that people will think of first. So, you know, there's there's some pedigree here and, and Packers versus Fangio. I think that's a fascinating matchup. I don't know what you think about it, but the personnel is obviously different with what he had in Chicago. But it does seem like Fangio, even if this defense is taking some time to get it together, is going to have at least an, uh, an institutional advantage of sorts with Vic Fangio versus another uncommon opponent because Vic knows this offense or at least knows this offensive personnel. Yeah, I think that could help. Um, I, I think the Broncos are going to keep this game a little closer than, than people think. I don't know if they ultimately win it, but uh, I think it's going to be a close, lower-scoring game than people think. I, Packers have looked good on the scripts. They certainly look good on the script against the Vikings, but then as the game wore on, they, they just couldn't seem to get it going. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting. Broncos kind of the opposite. They haven't looked good on the script this season, but once the uh, once they get going a little bit, all of a sudden they're able to score a few points. So we'll see. Um, you know, if the Broncos can't generate turnovers, they're going to lose this game. If they generate turnovers, They've got a puncher's chance. I love it. All right, Ben. Where can my listeners find more of the work that you do? Oh, they can uh, they can unfollow me at Albright NFL. Nobody wants to see that garbage in their timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And what about for my uh, my my Denver area Packer fan listeners? 
Uh, well, if you uh, you enjoy football talk, Broncos Country tonight. I know it's got Broncos on it, but we talk about all kinds of football on that. Uh, over on KOA, the flagship station, the Broncos. And uh, if you listen to the Broncos game day broadcast, I'm on pregame, postgame, and, uh, uh, and halftime. We actually have two Colorado staffers at Acme Packing Company for SB Nation. So, you know, you never know. So we, there we go. Packer, Packer Nation runs deep as well. Ben, I appreciate you taking the time today. Absolutely. Anytime. All right, I want to thank Ben for joining the show and remind you that the Packers newsletter, if you have signed up, Locked On Packers newsletter is in your inbox in all likelihood. And if you haven't signed up, go do that because I am delivering extra content to you for free. Unique analysis from me, links, stats and info, betting information, all kinds of stuff to make you a smarter fan, hopefully, uh, at least a more informed fan. And it's something that I think will just make your life easier. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to make your life easier. So check that out. Tomorrow is going to be our Periscope stream show. So you can watch the show live. You do not have to wait for me to edit it. You do not have to wait for us to, to finish the production process and post it and tweet it and do all that stuff. You can watch us live on Periscope tomorrow afternoon. Once the injury report goes up, I will be going live. We had some technical difficulties last week. I have a workaround for that. So we're going to try and go live on Twitch, on Locked On Live, on a, a number of different platforms. But I can promise you we will be going out on Periscope. Uh, I know that that part of this process works. So I'm going to do that uh, so you can watch us live on Periscope tomorrow afternoon. Actually happened a little bit earlier. The, the injury report, sometimes you, you might not get it until 4 five o'clock and the Packers came out with it at I think something like 2.30 last week so we were able to to get on that ASAP hopefully you're able to watch and if not you'll be able to watch the rebroadcast on Periscope I know you weren't able to do that last time you will be able to do that this time I promise easiest way to find that if you don't know where it's going to be is to follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers I will make sure that the link is up on both of those accounts and uh, check it out should be a lot of fun. Uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast. The podcast is still going to go up as normal afterward, but you know I want to give you the live content up to the minute as, as fast as we can. So you can subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, we're going to do that tomorrow. So we will take your questions tomorrow, send them. My goal is if you're watching and you ask a question, and I like it, I will answer it. So uh, we will uh, we will be doing that as well. That's part of the fun of a live broadcast is I can interact with you live on the air and then it goes in the podcast. That's great. So anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.